This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I'm your host and savior, Chops. And with me is my trusty sidekick and life companion, Craig... Go, go for it. No, go for it. Uh, WK! I was just saying, I can lead you back into it if you want. Oh, do you mean you, start yeah, it over? Yeah, I'll, no, no, no. I'll just lead I'll just lead you back into it. Okay? Just wait for it. Right, I'll, I'll put you up for it, okay? All right. I can't now. Oh, dang it. It's all right. We're going. We're keeping, keep it rolling. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. Craig, thanks for... Thanks for hanging out with me with that sh- those shame eyes you're giving me right now. I, it surprises me that you know they're shame eyes because it's the only set of eyes I ever look no, upon you with. No, there's there's shame and there's disgust. Uh, yeah, they're, very distinct. <laughs> they're very distinct. They're very distinct. Anyways, this oh. week we are talking about a classic PlayStation, also Sega Saturn I game. Mean, technically. Grandia. I like to say it like that. Grandia. Yeah, so Grandia was released by Game Arts on October 26th, 1999. This PlayStation RPG shows the romantic story of the adventurer Justin, who seeks to follow in his father's footsteps as he uncovers the secrets of an ancient civilization. Now, this was made by the people who did Lunar. Yeah, so that was uh, one of the reasons I wanted you on this episode, because I know that you're really, really big into Lunar. Yes. And Grandia, honestly, to me, I think is the better game. So all... I'm going to pull all my cards out there. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my hand. Yeah. You'll see everything. Mm-hmm. I have not played this game. I forgive you. Thank you. There was a lot of guilt in my heart, and I feel so much better getting it off my chest, Pastor Craig. My hope is that I'm going to be able to convince you to play this game. You already did. Oh, well, like, mission accomplished. I'm, I'm planning on playing it. I have the PlayStation Classic, and it is uh, more functional than it was when I bought it. So I'm going to play mm-hmm. it on that. And uh, and I didn't realize this was made by those same people. And this actually in Japan came out only a year after the original Lunar came out. 
Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's a really tight window, especially for role playing games of that of the nineties. Mm-hmm. That's a tight window. Like it they is. must have worked their butts off they, to get that out. They were doing really good work. So uh, our friends uh, at Game Arts, uh, along with uh, let's see, it was ESP Software. Yeah, they they are the ones who publish it, I think, in America. Uh, but uh, Yoichi Miyagi uh, and his team at Game Arts had uh, yeah previously previously done Lunar, and yeah, it was uh, released uh, on the Sega Saturn, which is interesting to me because the original Lunars were released on the Sega CD. So Game Arts was really hand, like hand in hand uh, with uh, Sega Gen or the uh, Sega company around that time. Well, it was actually released on the Sega Saturn. Lunar well, was. Oh, it was eventually, yeah, because, well, wasn't it eventually Sega CD and then ported to Sega Saturn and uh, then... No, I think it's the other way around. Saturn was in 1996. Um, yeah, Sega Saturn was in 1996, mm-hmm. and I'm looking up to see when it was released on the Sega CD, because I think it was after that. Really? I, I really do think so. Um, that seems so weird to me because the Sega Saturn or the yeah the Sega CD. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I'm looking at the Silver Star Story Complete. Oh. The Complete was released in Saturn in 1996. Yeah, the original. Silver, though. The original one was uh, originally released on the Sega CD. Yeah, so that's I, right. I, I apologize. No, it's cool. so so yeah. So there wasn't. A, I was thinking of the remake that they made. That was the year apart. This was 1992. Yep, and then so when, four years of difference. And then. When when, uh, of course, the Sega Saturn was a flop, uh, which is unfortunate. It looked like a pretty cool system, I, I though wish, I never got it. I wish I would have got into it. One, because the games are worth a ton of money. <laughs> well, um, I mean, that doesn't hurt. Same with Sega CD games, if you can keep the jewel cases like pristine, which yeah. never happened. Well, no, they were um, f- super fragile. But it was like a flash pan of a, of a system. Mm-hmm. Like, it was there and gone within the same amount of time. Well, and, they, and I didn't even get a chance. I don't even think I've ever seen it up close at that time like i never saw one until i was much older well you do know the the story of how sony yeah put the nail on the coffin with the hundred dollar difference yes that was so ridiculous like the the confidence and the mic drop like like attitude of the guy from sony who just like we we've heard that like the the sega saturn is gonna be like i think it was like 4.99 or something something like that 4.99 or something and the guy goes up to the the like the booth to do his like sony presentation he's just like Three ninety nine, and he just walks off. He's done. That's it. Everyone freaks out, and he they won. Yeah. At that moment, Sega was doomed. I mean, it's kind of funny because that was their first system, Sony, right? Oh yeah, that was their first system, well, and, they, they, and they just crushed the giant that was Sega. I mean, Sega shot themselves in the foot already with the Dreamcast. They did not do a good job marketing that. It did not have the sales I think that it should have. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think the Saturn was they they like said it was out in stores and then didn't tell the developers that it was oh, yeah. going to be released E two so like that there was just an, enough of a of a crapshoot mm-hmm. of things to happen for really honestly Nintendo could have just stepped on them just as easy if Sony didn't do it first. Well, I mean to Sony though this was their their kind of it was comeuppance because Sony went to Nintendo right Nintendo was like no 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 we're going with a different company to work with you know with CD technology that. That flopped, yep. obviously. Way to go, and Phillips. then Sony went to Sega, and Sega shot them down because they were like, "Why would we let you cut into our profits? We're gonna win." Yeah. And Sony was like, "Nope, no, you ain't." It was the coup de gras from Sony right there? A coup d'état and a coup de gras. <laughs> so uh, let's get let's get this into is the, the French game hour, plan. by the way. 
Bonjour, je m'appelle Chubbs. Et tu? Merci coup d'état. <laughs> All right. Onward we go, Craig. <laughs> so let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Can we? Yeah, okay. absolutely. We can, Chops. So the, the gameplay is that of a turn-based JRPG. But instead of a static battlefield, characters and enemies can move around the battlefield and get more into more advantageous positions. So they can run up to tank hits for a friend. They can run away from enemies. They can... Uh, uh, you, you have the option to either do two regular attacks or what's called like i think it's like a charge attack or power attack yeah you can get interrupted though in those attacks and it's like it changes the order of battle is very dynamic Mm -hmm. so you have your time to build for the characters to do their action but if the enemy or you are building and move in that time and you get hit it cancels that action which is pretty cool because like to me that's that's an actual it's it's more of a smoother fighting system to Mm me yeah it's a very interesting style it's it's not the normal jrpg that i'm into but it's not so far into the action rpg category that i lose my interest in it yeah because at first when i saw it it looked like an like a, a Seiken Densetsu game, like it, it the, yeah. the the battlefield, the angle at which you're running around, and then it went into battle. It's like, oh, this is gonna be a hack and slash action game that Craig loves to play, and then it went into a turn base. I was like, okay, this is. It changed my opinion a little yeah. bit. Okay, all right, I can see where it's going, but I didn't know how how much does the character move in relation to your control over that that's just like pre-generated movement based on the attack right oh no uh so you have like a movement stat okay and so if you have a like let's say you have like a uh because there's like boot uh equipment that you can get that either raises your defense you know and doesn't raise your movement much or stuff that doesn't raise your defense much and raises your movement. So you can have someone who's just running circles around the enemy, which is hilarious. Because oh, okay. you can have like these slow, like slime monsters coming to get you, and you're just like, like running around the battlefield, getting around them and shooting them at a distance. Oh wow, okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a pretty fun. And I mentioned how you can either do like a double attack yeah. or the like charge attack. The charge attack is at a or adept at breaking enemies out of their spells. Mm. So if you see an enemy and they're casting like some kind of crazy magic spell and you don't want them to do that, you just run up. It won't do quite as much damage as a regular hit, but you just slap them in the face with your sword or mace or whatever, and they're just like, oh no, I lost my concentration. Yeah, it's like D&D. Basically, yeah. That's pretty cool. Shout out Noobs and Dragons. Shout out Noobs and Dragons. What are they? So, yeah, the battle system is pretty dynamic in that case. And then you also have a ridiculously in-depth spell system and this is the part that the first time i played it i had such a hard time dealing with because it was like oh my god this is taking forever i don't understand like how could anyone grind all these like spell levels and stuff but once you kind of know the system a little bit better it's easier so uh you have earth uh fire water and wind four basic elements yeah they're a great band <laughs> yes they are september is one of my favorite songs of all time That's right. phenomenal band <laughs> however in this game i uh, you have the four elements and what's cool is that every single character has a slightly like some spells you'll always learn no matter what for those particular elements but certain characters have bonus spells that only they can learn depending on their levels they've because you also have to level your weapons yeah it's like they have affinities almost like and it's it's in the background right it's not like up front to you is it it is not i mean to some degree it kind of is because they'll show you like oh well if you combine sword fire and earth 
something will happen. They're okay. not going to tell you what levels that they have to be. Oh, so it's like, oh my so God. So, know. Yeah, okay. you either have to look up a guide online, which is completely understandable in this day and age, or you just have to keep leveling them until you get it. And uh, uh, so it's kind of cool because the elements combine. So water and, uh, how do they combine? Let me see. So if you combine, I think it's uh, wind and water, it becomes ice. Uh, if you combine earth and water, it becomes tr- like uh, tr- like plant. Oh, okay. Uh, fire and earth become magma. Of course. And uh, fire and wind become lightning. And so there's all oh, these. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it so is. It's, it's cool. cool. It's like it's it's like your uh, color wheel of of spells. Yeah. Like you have your primary spells that all combine into the secondary spells. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you use all of them together, you summon uh, Captain Planet. By your powers combined, <laughs> I am Captain Planet. Uh, if only Heart was an element. Uh, you know, actually, no, it's not, because Heart is stupid. <laughs> yeah, take that, kid. I don't remember your name of. Uh, oh, no, I don't. I don't remember there's, his name. there's no way you're going to remember that. I do not. You know, I, I, could you name one of them? Wheeler. Dang it. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, some of the names I remember, but I actually didn't really watch Captain Planet much because. I, it was for the hippies. Well, I always sort of identified with all the villains. Oh, all right. Well, back mm. to Grandia. <laughs> yeah. So the other really cool thing is like some of the spells in this game, Chops, become ridiculous. So eventually you run into this dude named Godwin, and he's like this huge beast man, and like you, you, I think you encounter him, and he kicks your butt, and then as the game goes on, you eventually have to like fight him in a duel, even though he's like been your friend for a while. And so when you defeat him, he teaches you the dragon cut move. And essentially, the the way to master this ability is you need to have like a really high level sword for uh, Justin, the main character, fire and earth. And what the spell looks like is insane. So what happens is, is like if it's Godwin doing it, because every character has their own lines, he pulls his sword out. He's like, ultimate power of the universe, Dragon King Slice. It like slams his sword into the ground and it creates like an earthquake that causes a volcano to erupt on him. It is so cool. That's cool. It is so cool. The voice acting we'll get to later, but uh, but yeah, it's really neat. And so like Justin can learn that move, and like you know, there's other moves in the game that are really neat. And like if you max all the levels out and take the time, the spells you get at the end are insane. Well, and I also saw that the level grinding of those spells and attacks also affect your base stats. Yeah. They, they provide like bonuses to your like health or defense depending on the, the type of spell it is. I mean, because you know, in uh, the trope of role playing games is like water is more like general to like health and healing uh-huh. and fire is more attack and earth's more defense like it's that it's weird to say that that's, spot a, on. that's a trope for role-playing games it is though but it is uh, but I, that was a really cool aspect too because not only are you getting rewarded in these cool combos but you're getting the reward in your character in their stats and i like that more because that helps I think that really helps you define value in the character on your play style. Oh, yeah. So like you feel rewarded for like, man, I I really like to play Earth stuff. So like my characters are gonna this my main character's gonna be super beefy. Now I know like you said that some are better off with different things, but it, it does lend itself to to a unique play style. Oh, for absolutely. You. Yeah. It, I mean, because essentially what you can do is you can get all the elements on all your main characters that you want to use and like you know just be ridiculous or whatever. And, you know, your main character probably eventually will have them all by the end because, right. you know, you're going to get uh, extra elements. You're just like, all right, whatever, slap him on the main character. He's going to be around for a while. Uh, 
So, you know, the, the combat system is super in-depth, super it sounds involved. really in-depth. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, like, it almost goes to the point where, like, you know, because Lunar was real basic in its, its oh, combat. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know? Very simple, just level your guy, no big deal. They're this gonna, is, you know, it's all going to be the same. This is materia-level depth. Yeah, it's pretty close. It, it is definitely very close. Uh, and honestly, I think I might like it a little bit more than materia. The materia system is a phenomenal system for an RPG, but I love the fact that it isn't hurting your stats because a lot of materia in Final Fantasy VII, yeah, depending you know, on what you use, would drop other ones, raise other things. Yeah, and and sometimes it's kind of frustrating when it's like, well, I need lightning magic, and only this character can use it, but it's lowering his attack. Yeah, and he's got high attack, and it's just like you know, sometimes that's kind of stuff is just frustrating, you know, to me. And so you know, with a system like this, it's just benefits. It's just, hey, did you level Earth? Have a nice bonus to defense. Yeah, and I heard also, I read also that it's it, it, the game lends you to or, or pushes you to uh, changing up your builds pretty often. Um, like so, that gets you the, the ability to, to get the variety of the game has to offer. So you're mm-hmm. not like, oh, I'm only going to do this, but like it, it kind of pushes you in the direction like, well, maybe you want to switch out your characters and maybe you want to have a few that are down this path because it'll help you battle in this battle or things like that. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And so, like, my very first playthrough in the game, I made that mistake. I was like, why would I have the main character Justin use anything but swords? Swords sound cool. They're almost always going to be the best weapon in the game. Your final weapon is always going to be a sword. Yeah. That's another RPG trope. I was like, I'll just head it off at the pass. And it gets to the point where you start realizing, oh, in order to master a lot of his techniques, you need to also raise his mace level and mm-hmm. his, uh, what's his other weapon? Axe. Axe is the other weapon. And so you eventually just start have to start like, like what I ended up doing in the game is I had the current best for each of the weapons in their gear, whether it's, you know, like darts or bow and arrow for Sue or whips and daggers uh, for Fina. You know, I just had their best in their gear at any one time and I would just swap it out when like I needed to level them. Yeah. And and honestly, like it feels like that would be frustrating. Like, oh, I got to go with this weaker weapon. But like. You don't really notice it that much. I was going to say, if, if it's a game that pushes you to do that, then they have to keep it interesting and not uh, damaging to the gameplay. Yeah. Because there are, there, I mean, there's a lot of times in Final Fantasy games where you're building these this, this party mm-hmm. of characters and, like, you kind of just get them to get them and you don't ever use them because yep. they just aren't at the level of where the three characters you've had since the beginning of the game are at. Oh, yeah. Which is frustrating. It is. And and, and you miss the role-playing storytelling of, of the game when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, the, the gameplay we've we've chatted a bit about and, and it's a lot of fun, uh, but the... Uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to make mention of is the art. Much like Breath of Fire 3, it uses a 3D world, but uses sprites for the character art. Yeah, yeah. So it looks pretty good. It, it looks good. They had the, uh, like in Lunar, when they showed their image on text boxes, it was the anime style art, which I really appreciated. Oh, yeah. And the other really cool thing about that, too, is every character has multiple faces for the sprites. So it's not just like Justin smiling and he's like, right. you'll never you'll never stop, you know, good oh from God. trying. Yeah. from evil you know and and so like he has an angry face and he has a kind of a sad face, face and a shocked face and you know like an upset face you know so like everybody has all these you know wonderful like 
art, you know, art assets drawn for them. And so the the game lends itself to a lot of emotional moments because of that. You know, not just because of the music, not just because of the uh, the like the in game art, but even just like the the character portraits, right? And stuff like is, that. is there FMVs in this? Not many. Uh, there's not much in the way of like uh, FMV videos or anything like that. There are a few, and the ones that are there are pretty good because they tend to be pretty you know anime styled. But the other interesting thing is they're not usually showing the characters. Mm-hmm. Like the intro shows what's happening in like in the past and like the legends you're going to learn, but it doesn't really show you much in the way of like oh, here's this character being daring and exciting and stuff. Okay. You know, which is fine. Like, it doesn't necessarily need to. Uh, it would have been kind of nice if they had some stuff like that. I just like that from Lunar. Like, it, it, yeah. helps, it helps you really buy into the characters. Yeah. And f- considering that that came out four years prior to this game, like, you'd think... I guess well, I don't. I don't know. I think those... got added for the complete version. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I know think... if the Saturn had limitations to amount of space you can put on... Uh, a disc for FMVs. That could be. Uh, you know, I know the CD, the Sega CD had a ton of space at the time. Uh, you know, I, I think they probably could have done more of those videos. Uh, and I and I think it would have been uh, pretty nice if they were in there, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt the game, I think, by not them not being there. It does. It, it, it could have made it better, but it doesn't, like, it's not like, oh my god, this game is garbage without right. it or anything like that. Uh, now, uh, a couple of things I wanted to uh, 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 just one last thing to know before we get to the plot of the game uh, was that, uh, interestingly enough, Japan's Famitsu magazine ranked Grandia as the 73rd greatest game of all time back in 2006. Yes. So I have with me the list oh. of the games from that year now, that they ranked. We'll, we'll spend hours going through this list. So, so I tell you what. Tell me what's above it and below That's it. That's what I was going to do. Yeah. Uh, it's 73. Ooh, um, wow, that's a weird mix. Okay, so at 74 is Resident Evil 4 for the GameCube. So they say that Grandia is better than Resident Evil 4? And then Interesting. beating Grandia is best play pro baseball. Really? For what at least system? In 1998, or 1988. Um, I, I will have to look that up. 88? Uh, that would have been like the Nintendo Probably it would have to be that Best or like the master system. Pro baseball. Hmm. Yeah, it's got to be one or the other. Uh, this is. No, I don't want to know who the best plays are. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> I'm looking this up, Craig. I should have to t- put game after it. No, nope, that didn't help either. So. Oh wow. Who knows? It's a mystery to us all. But the the list actually, you can find it online. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It is all over the place. Well, it's just um, greatest game, so it's not necessarily can you like. Guess what number one was? Uh, just because it, this shocked me. I'm gonna say what I think it should be. So and it 2006 won't be. is when this came out. I'm gonna say Super Mario World is number no, one. No, that one isn't even in the top ten. That's lame and wrong. But what's number one? Final Fantasy ten. They're wrong. Yeah. They're very wrong. Yeah. The top 10 has one, two, three, four Final Fantasy games. I guess I'm not too surprised. 
Wait, does it have any Dragon Quest games in the top ten? It has three Dragon Quest games. <laughs> All right, yeah, there we go. Uh, you know, so it's it's a, a, a Famitsu is a Japanese magazine that that adds up. Which one did you say before that? Super Mario World. Super Mario World. Oh, I'm gonna look up to see. Because I argue that. that that is the greatest game I've ever made. Really? Yeah. It is ranked number sixty-one. What? Really? Yeah, number sixty-one. Uh, that Final Fantasy two beat it. Okay, that's infinitely wrong. And Shin Megami Tensei, the original, beat it. I don't even think that's right. And I've never played Shin uh, Megami Tensei, the original. barely beat Two Heart 2, whatever that means. I'm And Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy this list. Is you know crazy. what? I take this it back. List, this list is, is a wealth of discussion. I will say that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into the plot of the game here, Chops. So I... And I, I'm going to avoid spoilers. Because I, I definitely want you to be able to play this and not have anything spoiled. I mean, honestly, and our am I going to remember? <laughs> okay, so this is the ending. No, so uh, uh, the game has kind of an industrial revolution thing kind of going on with a lot of, like, steam engines and factories in the, like, you know, civilized areas of the beginning. Mm-hmm. And essentially the, the, the premise of the game is that, you know, the, the main character, Justin, his father was an adventurer and went missing, uh, presumed dead. And he wants to not only follow in his footsteps, but he wants to surpass his father. His father was That's like good. a uh, yeah, like a, a really good adventurer. He wants to be the one who discovers because supposedly in this world, it there's an end to the world. There's a giant wall that blocks off the world, and it's the end of the world. Wait, wait. is this is this a flat earther game? I uh, arguably, uh, yeah, it kind of is. It's so uh, weird. Yeah, so so Justin thinks that there must be something on the other side. He says that the the world should be you know is vast, and so a big part of this game is like the the classical notion of romanticism. Uh, so when I said it was a romantic game at the start, sure, there's love interests and stuff like that, but really the romance is the the kind of traditional classical sense of romance where it's like about adventure. Yeah, and, ro- the romance of of adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like that that high you know spirited you know kind of like uh, uh, you know it's feeling. for the it's like uh, like all the the weird songs and stories there are about like sailors who love the sea and yeah. like never come back because their hearts with the ocean or water or whatever stuff it's, like that it's, it's that kind of thing exactly and so that's a big part of this game uh, as Justin goes to you know uh, uh, the, you know is the it, end of the world and finding to find out if what uh, what is out there so it's like a coming of age story oh absolutely uh, so you have Justin you have his uh, best friend and little sister type character Sue who's his neighbor that he like grew up with who he's always been looking out for he's always protecting and she's always been around for the ride and so like it's the two of them going on like adventures and him trying to like keep her safe and I gotta say a lot of the times little sister type characters annoy the crap out of you they can be kind of obnoxious in video games yeah I can see that and I mean I mean you're already explaining the plot of Luna Here's the thing. <laughs> Sue is awesome. Oh, really? Sue is great. I love Sue. She's an amazing character. Uh, I won't reveal much more than that because okay. I don't want there to be spoilers, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sue is awesome. Uh, and she's around, for, you know, through your adventures, you know, a decent amount of time. Uh, it's not just like a throwaway character at the beginning or anything. And uh, eventually Justin meets a more seasoned adventurer, Fina, uh, who's, you know, around his age, maybe a little older, attractive. And, you know, they start going on these adventures together. Is it a lady adventurer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, and, and so they, they go through, you know, like uh, exploring the world essentially together. And they get wrapped up, of course, in like an evil empire that starts off and you think like, oh, these guys are like philanthropists, right? They're just exploring the ruins because of, you know, human. Oh, no, no, they're evil. What do you know? So, like, there's definitely some some tropes here and there, you know, some kind of cliche stuff. But uh, but no, it's it's done really well. The downfall of the American game. As with most most games of that era, in in the late '90s, early 2000s, is the voice acting. Mm-hmm. It is hailed, Grandia is, as having some of the worst voice acting of any video game ever. It's a combination of lack of emotion, yep, and bad delivery. Yes. Now, the I feel like the main characters aren't so bad. Well, and maybe so, it's because they grow on you a little bit, but but they're not as bad as the side characters and villains. And I love a villain with a phenomenal well, voice. And it, man, the main villain is such a bad voice. To to me, like like mm-hmm. your your game is is sold on your your protagonist. Yes, yeah. But your game is driven by your villains. Mm-hmm. And if your villains don't seem menacing, if they don't have a voice that makes you feel what the character that you're playing is feeling, mm-hmm. then like you're you're not gonna take it seriously. I mean that you get that from uh voice acting in Lunar. You get it. Like you yeah. get it from what's his name? The spellcaster. Galleon. Galleon. Like he's great. Oh yeah, he's Galleon great. Is, is like the voice acting in that game is not phenomenal by any means. No, but he's but, good. Yeah, he's pretty good. And honestly the voice acting is not that bad. Grandia's voice acting is so much worse. Yeah, and that's the part that's turning me off. So far. Now, there is a fix that's coming. Yes, yes, yes. So the Nintendo Switch, and I believe the PlayStation 4 and PC eventually, I don't think it'll be out for PC for a little bit, like on Steam or whatever, is getting an HD collection of Grandia 1 and 2. Now, Grandia 2 is something to talk about another day. That's, you know, a whole other thing. And I think I've played Grandia 2. Oh, that's cool. I'm pretty sure that's for the PlayStation 2, right? I believe so. Uh, That and Dreamcast. I think I've played that one. So... The uh, HD collection is has two options. You can have English voice acting or the Japanese voice acting. Now, here's the thing. You guys all know, if you've been listening to The Legend of Retro, that Craig is the pretentious type that needs it to be Japanese with, like, subtitles and stuff. And you probably think that Craig's just trying to wheel and deal and get more people into Japanese with subtitles. But honestly... Go to YouTube and just type in, like, worst voice acting in a video game, and it will probably bring up some a, a collection that also has Grandia in it's it. It's awful. I, look, I watched part of a speed run, and I was just appalled. Appalled. It, it is really bad. It, it is it's super bad. And the worst part is, is that if you're not getting invested in the plot and the characters, it's even worse because you don't care what's going on and the voice acting's bad. Right, and you're not going to stick with it. Yeah, it's the, not like it's a short game. And the thing is, is like when you win battles, the characters have a victory line. Yeah, and like so, like you have uh, uh, like the character Sue, love her to pieces, but her voice acting out of combat isn't that bad. But the lines that they recorded for like the combat or mm-hmm. whatever, it, like one of her victory lines is like hip hip hooray, and it's just so. Does she obnoxious. have a cheer ability? Yeah, she does. Yeah, that was awful. Oh yeah, it's, I, it's I rough. Heard that it was bad. It's really rough. It's so bad. Yeah. And, and, but here's the thing. The character's great. 
I love her character. I love the role she has in the story from beginning to end. She's phenomenal. I love Fina. I love Justin. Like all, all the main characters I really like. The side characters a little less so. Characters that kind of come in towards maybe the end or like pop in for a little bit and leave. Some of those characters I don't like as much, uh, but are still fine. Uh, and the villains, like I said, are are unfortunately disappointing. Uh, and and the ending has a big to do with one of the villains. And I won't reveal anything, but until the final moments of the game, when I saw the very final bit of the ending, I I thought to myself, I was like, why have I hurt myself? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Uh, it took me a long time to play through Grandia. Do you know how, about how many hours? Oh, no, no. I mean, like, it took me a long time to get through the game eventually. So when I was oh. younger, I borrowed this from a classmate, and I probably got about maybe, I don't know, halfway through the game, and he wanted it back. All right, there goes that. I ran it. Unfortunately, my mega memory card deleted my record. So there goes that record. I start over. I get maybe a quarter to a halfway. I once again do not know what happens after like some of these halfway moments of the story. It continues on, and I bought it for PlayStation 1 off eBay, threw it in. Got through once again about halfway, and then eventually like had to like you know pack up and put all my like video game system stuff away because it was just taking up a ton of room. There goes that. Finally, it's on PSTV, the PlayStation yep. Network, and I finally bought it again because I was like, you know what? This way, it's always here. It's just sitting there. Let's do this. Let's get through it. I go through, get to the end, and I'm like, that wasn't worth it. This ending is trash. I was like, this is garbage. This is a garbage game for garbage people. Why did I do this to myself? And then the final bit of the ending happens. And I was like, okay, it was all worth it. This is great. This is amazing. I this feel like it's the it. same story for Dragon Quest Seven. It is basically. Is, it is not bad. It is very close to that. So do you know how much, how many hours you put into that play playthrough of it? Maybe around like. 40-ish tops. 40-ish tops? Okay. Maybe a little bit more. I, I think I might have done it some heavier grinding towards the end. Uh, but honestly, it's not that long of an RPG. Because you got to think, I mean, there's also like Dragon Quest Seven, which I played, which is like hundreds of hours. So, Craig, that yeah. brings me to the speedruns for this. Oh, God, I don't know. Like five hours because I stink and nobody else does, apparently. So the PlayStation the PlayStation mm-hmm. version, any percent speedrun of okay. this, has a... Uh, a notice on the rules that says times under 13 hours are treated with suspicion. Your run will be carefully reviewed by moderators. So it will take time to verify your run. If you get a time like this. So how long do you think the any percent speed run is? Well, then it's gotta be around 13 hours. I don't know, like maybe 13 and a half. It is 11 hours and 48 minutes and 41 seconds. Wow. At that point, you're not playing it to appreciate the horrible voice acting in the in the charming story. Well, I'm glad you said that, Craig, because I have the 100% category speed run for this. And let me tell you what that includes. It includes uh-huh. collect all items okay. in character possession slash item stash. Okay. Defeat all story bosses and optional bosses. Mm-hmm. And that means Lord's Ghost, Kung Fu Master, Gargoyle, Slugfish, and Leviathan. Complete all side quests. Delivering Clara letter and returning Marie's pin. Learn all skills. Learn all magic abilities. Oof. Oof. Uh, it said the same uh, asterisk as well as the under 13 hours, but it's not around 13 hours. I'm going to say 30 hours. No. What? what? How much? Higher. Higher? 
Oh, shoot. I don't know. 40? Higher. 50? Higher. 60? 90 hours, 16 minutes, and 49 seconds is the first place speedrun record on this. The second place one, I think, was over 100 hours. What? Yeah. Good lord. 90 hours. I knew How is it a speedrun in one setting this person's doing? I... Wow, I mean, at that point, you know, and I guess I don't know if it's one setting or it if it's can't it's chopped up, but like it, even eleven hours, it's got to be saved. The timer turned off, right? I, I guess so. I don't know that. I that didn't or look they up that slept halfway through it or something. I and don't like know. The controller just it laid just fell there. Sleep, and that's why it's ninety <laughs> hours. They slept for two days. Uh, oh, yeah, God. ninety hours. I I don't. The only games I know that I've gotten up to that level are Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Mm-hmm. And then any Pokemon game, yeah, other than Pokemon the newer games. ones. Yeah, I don't think I have another game that I got up to ninety hours on. Dragon Quest Seven for me. Yeah, hundred and forty-ish hours. I uh, think it's one thirty-nine. Maybe Dragon. No, I don't think I got up to ninety for Dragon Quest Eleven. My current uh, Twitch playthrough of Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah, I'm about maybe halfway-ish through the game. Yeah, but you're not hundred percenting it. True, but I am at 84 hours. And you're also streaming it, which slows it down quite a bit. That's true. That's um, true. But yeah, 90 hours. Wow. This is just like, I don't, like, like I'm half tempted to try to beat that record because I think I could, <laughs> but I'm also like, that's a lot of commitment that I don't have time well, for. Well, I think what it is, is it's all leveling, because it's, I'm sure that if it's 100% completion, it it's has the grinding. to be. Yeah, the level grinding, I'm sure is a bit tough, or takes a while, but really, I think it's all the magics for everybody. Yeah, probably. That's got to be rough because there's a lot of like you know really high powered playthroughs that I've seen. Like you know maybe I clicked on like the the final boss or something you know, and you know just to see the the battle or whatever. And they'll be ridiculously high level, but they'll still be leveling certain weapons or abilities or whatever as right. they're fighting this final boss because it's just kind of inevitable. So I, I I would be very curious to see how quickly they beat the final boss with all that stuff. And they said lo- getting the level 99, you don't have to do that. So you what? can unlock all the abilities without getting the level 99. But that's not 100%. They, it's part of it because there's nothing that happens after reaching 99. There's nothing that triggers because of that. Well, I mean, your stats go up by hitting level ninety nine. Yeah, but the, in in the rules, it's not as I mean, that's as the fine. Like I'm not a I'm not a which speed would, but no, that, that's crazy to me to think that you can get to level ninety nine, or I mean, you can get all the abilities mm-hmm. completed without ever getting the ninety nine. Oh yeah, absolutely that's nuts. Well, the the trick is is uh, a lot of maybe not a lot, but some of the abilities don't really require you to be using them on enemies. For example, the earth one of the, I think it's one of the first earth spells you can get. Uh, maybe it's the second one, is a defense boost ability. And so you just keep casting it on yourself, and it keeps raising your your uh, earth magic. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, there's there's definitely things you can do to to kind of maybe not cheat the leveling, but, you know, help it, help it along, okay. you know? So, so stuff like that isn't too surprising to me, but, I mean, that's such a long time. Good Lord. Uh, man, that's insane. Uh, so... Uh, Chops, uh, before we get into the music, is there any other kind of final thoughts that uh, you had? Um, I did notice that they had some like expansions to the game. Um, yeah, I'm I, trying to f- look it up here. It was like something that was like Japan only, I think, or something like that. I, uh, I, I honestly, I glanced at it. I didn't quite yeah. figure what was going on, and so I was just sort of like, ah, I'll just focus it's, on my own copy. So it had an expansion disc called Grandia Digital Museum and a spinoff title, Grandia Parallel Trippers both exclusively in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
they work as well as uh, Grandia Online, uh, which takes place prior to this game and story-wise. Um, but I was curious as to, like, I don't, I don't remember any games of the t- of the disc era that had expansion discs. I don't ever uh. remember getting a game where like, oh, and now you can get the expansion to that game with this new disc. Like, I don't think I ever saw that. You know what's weird? I uh, we talked about it previously. Gundam 0079. Uh, the uh, the uh, Dreamcast game Gundam, yeah. had in Japan a disc that was it was like it was like a bonus content disc. Well, yeah, in Japan, but in the U.S., I don't think we ever got. Oh stuff no, like Jap- that. America. That's what I mean. Like, like, like yeah, no. we. I don't think I don't we ever think. saw that. No. And it, so it just it's it's very surprising to me mm-hmm. to see or hear about an expansion disc uh, on that. It's it is really, weird. It's kind of cool. I yeah. think I think it's great for Japan for people who love these games, mm-hmm. but it sucks for us. Well, yeah, that we don't get that kind of stuff. Although I'm sure by now we can probably find the stuff online that was yeah, in it or probably. I uh, oh, and uh, before we get to the music, I also wanted to uh, do a special shout out to uh, mine and Xander and uh, Sean, the arcade phantom from Noiseland Arcade. Uh, just about all of our favorite line from the game was a move that this like karate master uses against you uh, fairly early in the game. Uh, I won't tell you the context because it's a really cool part of the game or whatever, but uh, he beats the tar out of Justin the first time you meet him and you eventually get a rematch with this like Kung Fu Master guy. And one of his moves is called the Super Tornado Punch. And it's the dialogue, of course, when he yells it is really bad. So it's like Super Tornado Punch. (laughs) And there's something about that that just cracked us all up. Super Italian. Kind of? It's great. I love it. Super tornado punch. <laughs> and he like he like raises his fist up and punches and it like creates like a almost like the tornado attack in uh, Mega Man X oh, that, okay. uh, Storm Eagle uh, gotcha. gives you. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's ridiculous. It's it's tons of fun. But I tell you what, let's take a quick break, hear from a, one of our sponsors here, and we're gonna chat about the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom All right, so the music was composed by Noroyuki Iwadare. Now, that that name might be familiar to you. Nope. Well, it should be. (laughs) Okay, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't remember names. He's the guy who did the music for Lunar Silver Star Story. Ooh, okay. Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. Okay. And a whole bunch of weird games. So on top of that, he's done the Phoenix, some games in the Phoenix Wright series. Ooh, I just downloaded a bunch of those. I mean, I got a bunch of those. (laughs) Off eBay, legally. He's done music for the Longrisser series, which recently has had like a cell phone uh, game come out in America. He also has done the music for, uh, let's see. Uh, he also did the music for, oh, all the future Grandia games as well. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, he's got a pretty extensive list. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, uh, Noriyuki Iwadare has uh, stated that Grandia was a turning point in his career. Now, another interesting thing to note, which I didn't know until now, uh, which I wish I did know earlier to, to hype up uh, one of the songs that we're going to play here today for you, was in one of our previous brackets, 
Our, uh, oh, really? Yeah, it was. Uh, I the, didn't realize it. Uh huh. It is the. Uh, in, it was in our opening music bracket. Oh. It was one of my choices and got knocked out in round one because it was going against like Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which it had no chance against. Which is a shame because honestly, this is a phenomenal song. Uh, but the really cool thing is that Noriyuki Iwadare, much like Koji Kondo, uh, completed that song in one day. Wow. And the really interesting thing to me is that essentially what happened is they gave him an illustration for the game. He looked at the illustration and within a day he was inspired to make this track. Which to me is really that's neat. a professional right there. It is. It really is. So Chops and I are are both infatuated with uh, this song, uh, which it's funny that you chose this song as one of yours. It's, I chose it for one of mine to play for everybody, but you don't remember that it was in the opening music bracket. Absolutely. Let's you know how powerful Chrono Trigger is, I guess. But let's go ahead and uh, give the theme of Grandia a listen.
so good. Yeah, you played that for so long. It, well, the song oh. just kind of keeps going. Like, it oh, has I know. A lot of it's not parts like, to yeah, it. it's not repetitive. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful orchestral arrangement. And the best part about that song mm-hmm. is the funk. Is that yeah. disco feeling I get when I listen to the song. This song gets me as excited as the disco version of the Star Wars theme played by Maynard <laughs> Ferguson. And Sphinx on the Last Action Podcast, uh-huh. he, him and I are on the same wavelength like jazz and a lot of stuff like that. But this song is is funky. And, I, and that's why I like it so much is because you don't, like this is, a, this is a 90s, late 90s game. There's not any games putting funk in their orchestral arrangements. No, not really. And so it's so unique to hear that that drum, that bass line. It's just it, it's a, it's such a a refreshing take mm-hmm. on on a video game. And like I miss this kind of stuff from current gen games yeah. where it's mostly electronic and rock or things like that. It, it, no one's putting the time into it like like this is. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, the the main theme gets me really excited for like fantasy adventure absolutely and, and honestly this is a song that when i'm really really struggling with like dungeons and dragon stuff if i need inspiration i throw that on i would see that no problem yeah it's absolutely do. It, it it uh it reminds me of something else that i'll bring up to on my my next track when we play that and let's go ahead and jump to that track. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so the we're gonna play a couple more songs. Uh, the one that uh, the other one that you've chosen, uh, Chops, because we usually try to split it up. So we both yeah. selected the the main theme, and then you have the ghost ship mm-hmm. theme, uh, which is a really cool, spooky part of the game. It's a fun dungeon. It's a ghost ship. Yeah. How can you go wrong with a ghost ship? I don't know. Ghost pirates are amazing. That's it's why so I love cool. Monkey Island. <laughs> so let's go ahead and give this guy a listen.
so tense and spooky. It is. So um, with the last song that we played and this one, you got a funky disco-esque orchestra. You've got this march mm-hmm. that builds and builds and builds. It has a lot of falls in it with music. Bah, oh, yeah. Bah. Now, what does it sound like to you, Craig? What does it sound like? Uh, What's something that you've watched that has a little bit of disco and funk into it, but then at moments has this really powerful, tense music to really tell the scene? Kido Senshi Gundamu? (laughs) Mobile Suit Gundam? That's one of them. (laughs) Dragon Ball. Oh, the yeah. original Dragon Ball. There was a part in there that was just like that. And those slow builds, whenever there's like a weird enemy coming to the scene and Goku's there or whatever it is, it's that slow march. It's very, very reminiscent of uh, Kikuchi's scores from yes. Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. You're right. Yes. And, and then the disco. There's many parts in the show that's real upbeat, disco-y style music. Oh, yeah. This, this soundtrack is almost like a whole nother Dragon Ball story to me it, it, and it's it just like orchestral versions yes yeah that it just is crazy. feels so good to hear this because it's not dragon ball but it's just like it very similar and kikuchi's score is phenomenal yes. in dragon ball which chops and i have talked about in like a, a dragon ball gt final bout mm-hmm. you know in that episode we did from legend of retro and stuff but like we don't get that many chances to talk about right it. exactly i uh, yeah no it's 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 a, a awesome song, and it, it comes at a really tense moment, of course, because, you know, the ghost ship is knocking out your ship's ability to sail, oh. so you need to deal with yeah, this. Yeah. You can't not. And, you know, and so you're going into this place, you know, kind of gung-ho because Justin's really excited to go on adventure and stuff. But, yeah, it's super, like, creepy and tense, and there's ghosts everywhere and stuff. And, like, the the enemies in the place will kind of pop out of nowhere and stuff because they're ghosts. So it kind of freaks you out a little bit. Yeah, the music in that uh, scene is phenomenal. Uh, Now, we actually have uh, uh, what's kind of fun is all three of our themes are are fairly different. So we had a main theme, which is really courageous. We had the kind of creepy, you know, ghost ship theme. We actually have something a song that's a little bit more touching, uh, a little bit more, like, kind of... Uh, romance in the air kind of thing. Okay. We have uh, a song called The Sandy Beach of Ganbo. Uh, it comes with a very touching moment in the uh, the game, which of course I'm not going to spoil because this game's awesome and you need to play it. Uh, but let's go ahead and give it a listen. Thank you. 
this theme plays, you know something disgustingly cute is about to happen. Oh, I'm sure. It's just so, it's so, ugh. Adorable? Uh, this music is just so good. Yeah, the, the music in Grandia is phenomenal. And I can tell why Noroyuki Iwadare hailed this as sort of the turning point in his career. because You it, can feel the emotion in every piece. It's I feel like the moment he saw the concept art and, and maybe had the vague inkling of mm-hmm. the, rom- the romanticism behind it, he ran with it. Because Lunar's music is solid, for sure. It is, but it, it doesn't tell its own story. And a lot of this, this does. This is the game is it, the plot is its own adventure, but the music is its own adventure as well. It's yeah. almost like another character part of it, uh, part of the game. And I haven't even played the game, and I can tell. Yeah, like it, there's just uh, there's a lot of weight in every song that we've listened to mm-hmm. that you can just tell the composer put put himself in this piece. Yeah, absolutely. Now. As we as we start kind of uh, uh, you know kind of toning down from Grandia, uh, you know, what are your last thoughts on the uh, the game? I think that it, it's a underdog game. It's it's not. I don't think it's as well known or well appreciated no. as it should be. Yeah. And, and and again, I I can't give it a full judgment until I play it because I'm going to rank it up there next to Lunar Lunar Two. I'm going to rank it next to Final Fantasy games of that same time frame. Lo- Legend of Dragoon. Um, and, and you know some games may have had more of a impact in graphics and mm-hmm. pushing the envelope and that kind of thing but this is like what you said with breath of fire it's it's taking what worked and used what worked yeah. but then putting its own character its own personal personal uh, i'm sorry personality into it mm-hmm. um so I, I think that this game is probably gonna when i get a chance to play it is gonna really surprise me and i'll really get invested into it but i think also it deserves a remake it deserves like a full, like a full remake, like not like yeah. like like graphically, like not just HD it up, but like I don't want to say it, kind of like the Final Fantasy Seven treatment it's getting, like like I think it deserves with that soundtrack, like, <laughs> right? like if this looked like Dragon Quest Eleven, oh, that God, soundtrack, yeah. that like yeah. that would be amazing, Craig. It would amazing. It's the same gameplay. It's overworld monsters you run into and it turns to turn base. Like like the engine is there for it. Like yeah. it would be it would probably be up there with some of my favorite games of all time. Oh no, I I could completely imagine that. And I think when you play it, you are really gonna appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so long as you can deal with the voice acting. Yeah, that'll be difficult. Because my lord, that voice acting is atrocious. However, behind a tr- the atrocious voice acting, which has become a, a joke to the internet community over the years. Behind all that is a phenomenal game. It's charming. It's, you know, romanticism at its finest. It's a game that you didn't really get much on the PlayStation. You know, so many PlayStation RPGs were like, we got to go fight God. We got to go, like, destroy this. Blah, 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 blah. And all the characters are incredibly incredibly frustrating because you have like Cloud who's kind of a jerk. They're all angsty. Yeah, you have Squall who's kind of a jerk. You have so many of these characters that are so angsty and just giant jerks that when you get to Justin who wants to keep his friends safe. He wants to go on adventure. He yeah, he gets mopey every so often when something sad happens, but like he gets over it. And you know, it it's such a charming breath of fresh air for that era of gaming that I think that uh, when this 
HD collection comes out, which I believe as of the release of this episode, it just came out uh, last week uh, with the release of this episode anyway. Uh, make sure that if you are interested, buy it, download it, highly recommend. I would say that I can't recommend it enough. There chops. it is. There it is. The I can't recommend it enough guarantee. There you go. But I tell you what, Chops, let's go ahead and dive on into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Oh, boy. So, Glitch decided, you know, once again to mix things up. He's He's been giving us some TurboGrafx-16 games. Which, which I... Um... I'm not upset about. Oh, no, I've never fun. played Turbo Graphics before, and it's getting my you know repertoire open there for for games I played. Absolutely. Uh, so he had for us this time China Warrior, uh, which was known in J- Japan as the Kung Fu. Yeah, the Kung Fu. So I feel like the the is is yes, no, next to I, the Japanese. Oh, uh, I know. lettering. I know it is. I look this up. <laughs> This is what Kung Fu was on the NES. Basically, Basically, it's just a Kung Fu is a better version of this game. You have a martial martial artist that's gigantic on the screen. He's Um, huge. He always seems to be fighting on a forever cliffside and Uh um, moves from left to right. Uh He kicks, punches, jumps. There's projectiles coming at him, enemies coming at him, and he has to fight a generic army fatigued man at the end. Uh Um and it that's essentially it. You don't you you can hit like projectiles away, which like there's like fireworks or there's like birds, there's bugs. There's yeah. also like fireballs getting thrown at you, which in the and in falling the play, logs in the playthrough that I saw the fireballs, Craig. If you hit the fireballs, they give you more health. Wait, what really? Yeah, we were avoiding them. Yeah, I know because they're fireballs. Yeah. Hmm. So huh. uh, it's it's a huh. it's a weird game. Just because of the perspective. Like, the guy's... You see his full body, but he's moving sideways. Mm-hmm. He's looks gigantic. He takes up majority of the screen. He does. As well as the cloaked figures that you fight, and uh-huh. just different colored cloaks when you go through different levels. Music is okay. It's, it's, it's okay for the gameplay, but the boss music is absolutely boring. There's yeah. nothing going on with it. I feel like this is a real middle-of-the-road game. It, it was a little dull... And a little repetitive. And, like, the little bit I played, you know, it wasn't that bad. But I feel like if it was, like, you know, however many levels of going through this game of all the same stuff, that's just dull. Yeah, it just changes color in the background. Like, the sun is setting. So, that's like, if you, if you had shrank the guy and done more with the background, I think this would we would appreciate this game more. Yeah. It's just, it, it's simple controls. It's It's an older game, and that's fine. But it's just not aesthetically appealing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna have to say probably like a, I don't know, three and a half out of eight. Wow, just slightly below average. Nah, I'm I'm giving it a two. A two? Because wow. I don't think I, even if I had a Turbo Graphics, I don't think I'd buy this game. I, probably not. I, I think there's other things out there I could play and spend my time on. Turbo like, Graphics had some good games. Also, just like the like the NES Kung Fu game, which like is forever burned in my head. The sound effects and the background music. Yeah. Um, it, 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 this game, yeah, it, it's a two for me. If you've played this game and I'm wrong, or there's something else we don't appreciate about it, wrong. tell us about it. Go on our Facebook page, The Legend of Retro, and and let us know. Let us know what you think about it because honestly, our opinions are skewed because mm-hmm. the glitch is just 
punished us so much. <laughs> and I just don't know how much more I can take. But anyways, uh, let's get into this week's music bracket, Craig. Yeah. This is a... Uh, this has got one of my favorite songs. Yeah, so so this is a, a, a pretty solid lineup. Uh, both very different songs. Yeah. So first up, we have from Mega Man 3, the theme of Proto Man. And this is character themes. Yep, this is our character theme bracket, of course. So the first up is uh, you know Proto Man. And so uh, in Proto Man's Generation game, he has a, a pretty cool song. And the uh, composers uh, for this game are uh, Yasuaki Fujita, Harumi Fujita. Uh, not related. Uh, but they have the same uh, last name, and it's Megan- like Smith and Smith. Yeah, I presume, yeah, uh, that or it's a just a crazy coincidence. I'm not sure. No, no, no. Uh, but the thing is, is the music they did in this game is awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and give a listen to uh, Proto Man's theme here. It's a classic. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, the first time I ever heard whistling in a game, because that's, that's him whistling, right? I mean, basically. Or yeah. it was supposed to be the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. Do robots whistle? I mean, I guess... Wait, wait. Oh. Crack. You just rocked my world. They don't breathe. Right? So how do they whistle? Uh, I presume they hmm. just have, like, the soundtrack of a whistling uploaded, and they <laughs> just They're just, play. like, emoting, like... With their with their robot lips, they just open their mouth and the whistle sound comes out. I, <laughs> just I would deadpan. guess. 
Yeah, just deadpan, it's open just mouth. so weird. That's All robots right, for what's, you. What's the next song that we got, so the, ne- the next up is from Final Fantasy IX, of course, composed by Nobuo Yomatsu. You have Kuja's theme, the theme of the villain of the game. Uh, this is a very different song than Proto Man's theme on the Nintendo, as this one came out on the PlayStation. Uh, but let's go ahead and uh, give this guy a listen. It's, you know, kind of cool. It's, you know, you, you feel kind of like, you know, just cool listening to it. But with this, it's very menacing, very creepy. It is. It's the Puppet Master. It, it, it reminds me of just like it's this it's this moving piece, but it's got this dark undertone behind it. So it, mm-hmm. it, it builds this like feeling of of dread or or something over your shoulder, a shadow. Yeah. That's what I get out of it. I, it's, I'm very weird with music. I get a lot of imagery from music for, mm-hmm. for some reason. But, uh, yeah, it's it's very much so a it's a, it's a dreadful kind of feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see what will win in this matchup because they are so different from each They're other. They're very different. Yeah, we, we've had songs come against each other that are different, you know, similar over and time and time again. Uh, but these, this is also a far cry in system as well, you know, and like you know where how the sound was made. Yeah, and they're beloved games. Oh, so yeah. sometimes we get those people who just love the game and want to go with that song, um, you know, and that and that's that's their prerogative. Hey, I mean, that is your vote, and you definitely get a fair amount of votes. Uh, you know, it's it's for us, it's all about the music, and that's right. what we urge everyone to go for. Is, right. is not, I mean, because some of these games are way better than the other. Some of these might even come from not-so-great games, but the music is what's important. But all those places to vote, you have our Facebook page, Legend of Retro. Uh, we have a uh, Twitter page as well. You can go there to vote. Uh, so we also have our Discord, 
you can go ahead and vote there if you're a member. Uh, go to GameZillaMedia.com for the link to that. And then if you're one of our patrons for even as low as a dollar a month, you can also get a bonus vote there. Now, uh, in order to become one of our patrons, uh, you just go to Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. And uh, as far as that goes, you can uh, go ahead and support the show. You get an extra vote. And you get the uh, Game Shark show that we release every month. And uh, a couple, uh, what is it, a couple months back at this point, uh, maybe a month or so ago, you had the uh, episode we did where it was the brackets where we did a draft. Or yeah, a draft the fan the bracket. Brackets. And we had, or not fan bracket, sorry, our draft for this bracket. And we had LPJ uh, kind of organize the whole thing. It was it was fun. <laughs> it was. It was a really great time. So if you want to know what we're, what song were you know the songs that were selected and who did the selecting so you can say oh hey that song is a terrible and i hate whoever chose that or oh hey i love that me. song yeah then you can just go ahead and uh you know listen uh to our patreon episode and do that but uh as far as that goes chops i think it's about time to uh, go ahead and wrap everything up here yeah i will say that i was recently on the last action podcast talking about uh, the great movie dick tracy oh yeah one of your favorites right? and so uh head on over there if you want to hear more from me yeah, absolutely. Make sure to uh, go to uh, Last Action Podcast and listen to that episode to catch uh, Chops. Any James Bond episode yep. will have me on it. Uh, and uh, make sure to go to twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK. There you go. If you want to see me playing retro video games Monday through Friday, 8 to 11 uh, Eastern Standard Time. It's a great hey, way to fill your morning. That's what I like to think. Better than watching the news, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> You're not wrong about that, buddy. All right. So I think we'll see everybody next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.